you are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Good morning, you did it. You survived Time Change Sunday. For some of you, that was a chore. For others, like me, who are morning people, we just woke up, right? And others, you're like, oh my gosh, I lost an hour of sleep. But hey, welcome. Thanks for being here. I know we've got a lot of folks out traveling for spring break and, uh, and again, time change. And for you, though, it takes effort to be here. And thank you for that. And I mean that genuinely because some of you have kids you bring, and you bring more than one kid. And you know, bringing kids to church, especially on a time change day, is like moving a small army. And so, thank you so much for that. Uh, Hey, last week was great. Really appreciate everything you guys did with Rodeo Sunday, all the folks you invited, ways you served. Uh, You you served in an amazing way. We just had a great, great Sunday. So thank you so much uh, for what you did uh, through Rodeo Sunday. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. We just had a fantastic service. You guys made that happen If you're a guest with us this morning, my name's Lee. I'm the lead pastor here at Heights. And our mission, our heartbeat, what we're about is loving and leading all people to a new life with Christ. Now, one way we do that, and one way as a church we want to grow as a church and and develop as a church is we want to engage in our spiritual disciplines. So what we mean is we want to help you grow and we want to help each other grow in three areas of our walk with Christ. And that's Bible reading and prayer and in sharing your faith. And so we want you to kind of engage in those areas of growth. So this morning we are launching a new Bible reading plan. And there's two ways you can access that plan. If you are in in life group this morning, uh, you got a a bookmark that has the Bible reading plan on it. Uh, If you weren't and you want a bookmark, they're to my right at the back table. So at the end of the service, you can grab uh, one of the bookmarks or you can download the YouVersion app on your phone. And when you download that YouVersion app on your phone, you want to search for Paul's Letters Bible Project and just you know, start that plan there. It's a 60-day reading plan. It's going to take you through Paul's letters uh, in the New Testament. So we encourage you, uh, spend some time each day reading God's Word. Uh, this plan is going to kind of, this morning, uh, it'll take you through Romans chapter 1, but each day it has about two chapters to read. And so encourage you to do that. Uh, you can jump on social media and share that. Uh, I shared a link to it yesterday. And so if you want to just find me on Facebook, and you can click that link, sign up to kind of be on my team, if you will, uh, and then you can, we can talk back and forth to each other through the app on that, uh, and so encourage you to jump on that, so either the app or there's bookmarks in the back to my right this morning. So speaking of the Bible, if you have one with you, uh, I encourage you to open to Luke chapter 5 this morning, so if you've got a copy in your hand or maybe an app there on your phone, open up to Luke chapter 5. Uh, I preach from the ESV version, so if you're looking for a version of the Bible to use, uh, that's the version I use. And so Luke chapter 5, I know you guys just uh, sat down a moment ago, but we're going to read verses 17 through 26. I'm going to invite you to stand as we read this kind of portion of God's Word. We like to stand, if you're new here, when we read a a large section or section of the Bible because we want to honor God in the reading of His Word. So in Luke chapter 5, picking up in verse 17, 
the Holy Spirit writes these words through Luke. On one of those days, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some of the men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on a roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20 says, And when he had saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, saying, Why do you question in your hearts? Verse 23, Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. Verse 25, and immediately he rose before them, picked up what had been lying on, he'd been lying on and went home glorifying God and amazement seized them all and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for a time of worship through song. And Father, now we come to worship you through your word. We recognize that this is your word that you have written to us, that we may better know who you are, better know who we are, see our need for Jesus, and Father, know how to relate to you and to one another. And so, Father, when we come to your word, we bow ourselves to its authority Father, we ask that your word through the power of the Holy Spirit this morning will guide our thoughts and our actions and our speech and all that we do. And Father, we thank you for this time that now we get to worship uh, through your word this morning. And Father, uh, remind us all, we're just nobodies trying to tell somebody about Jesus. And Father, thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, we're in this series, as Pastor Matt mentioned, called Outcast. And what we're looking at are people whose society really said, you're an outcast. You don't belong. Uh, You know, maybe just said, get out. And has anybody ever made you feel like an outcast? Maybe they said something to you. You know, they, they said, I don't love you. I don't want you. You don't belong here. Get out of here. I think there's certain situations if all of us thought deep enough, or maybe some of us don't have to think very deeply on that question, that we'd all go in some ways, yes, we feel like outcast at times. You know, even in my own life and my own family, uh, we feel like outcast in a lot of certain situations. See, being the dad of a, of a son with special needs, we know that there are certain situations and things that our family can't do that typical families can do. And we know what has been said to us out in public. We know the looks that we get out in public that sometimes make us feel different than everybody else around us. We feel like outcasts. Maybe you're in that same boat this morning. So what we're doing is we're kind of been moving through Luke uh, and these certain situations, these certain people that Jesus goes to. 
Jesus doesn't shy away from them. Jesus doesn't push them out further from where society has already pushed them out. And Jesus says, no, you belong. I love you. I care for you. I want you in community. And so what you and I need to be challenged at is when we look at texts like this is to say, who are the outcasts that we can go bring in? Who are the people that God's putting around in our lives that we can go help and we can let them know they're loved and cared for by us and by the Lord? When you pick up in verse 17, we see it's Jesus who is teaching. Pharisees, teachers of the law are sitting there. They're coming to hear the teaching of Jesus. And and Luke ends verse 17, I think, with just kind of a, a really interesting way of ending the verse. He says, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. See, Luke's setting us up as readers letting us know that something's coming. Jesus is going to do something. And he says, the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Chapter 3, Luke is uh, reminding us that Jesus was baptized. And when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, signifying his public ministry, saying to people, this is the Messiah. God at that moment said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And what Luke's doing there is he's reminding us of the power of Jesus and the authority of Jesus. And he's saying, this Jesus has the power to heal. This Jesus is the God-man. This Jesus is fully God and fully man, and he has power over everything. Is there a big problem in your life right now? You have a big problem today? I mean, some of us would say yes. I got a big problem, or even a medium-sized problem. I mean, a problem's a problem, right? There's a lot of us that have problems. How many of us have forgotten, though, that we worship a God that's bigger than our problems? We worship a God that can take care of everything. That today you worship a God that spoke everything into existence. In seven days, he created it all by just speaking. Made all the universes, all the stars, all the galaxies, everything on our planet just by speaking. That's the type of God you worship And I worship. And Luke's reminding us in verse 17, he has the power to heal. And so when you and I remember this is the God we worship, those big problems that we carry, yes, that are problems, don't look so big anymore compared to the big God named Jesus that's on the scene in our lives. Because here's Jesus. Verse 17, Luke says he has the power to heal. And then verse 18, we read that there are some friends Luke's version says some men. Mark's version says there's actually four men. And they bring their friend to Jesus. And I love verse 18, what it says. He said, behold, some men, so four guys, are bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they're seeking to bring them to Jesus and lay him before Jesus. These guys had a mission. Do you know you live on mission every day? Every day. You have a mission. Actually, every day you have multiple missions, right? And you're living out mission every day. I mean, think about it. Number one, you had a mission to get here, right? I'm going to get to church this morning. So you fulfilled that mission by showing up. Good job. Some of you right now are thinking, man, my mission's just to stay awake, right? I got to make it through this sermon. Ugh. Give me about 22 more minutes and you'll get it, all right? That's your mission. Just I got to stay awake, right? I mean, you got a mission tomorrow. I got to get up and go to work and earn a paycheck so I feed my family. Or I got to go to the grocery store, right? We, we all have a mission every day that we live out constantly. You know, 
we have missions, but you know, businesses have a mission. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, companies have a mission. A lot of us are on social media and you're on Instagram and Facebook and you would think, well, they don't have a mission, do they? I mean, that's just the silly app where we post pictures and warn everybody out about viruses all around the world and different things. And, you know, so what, what, does, you know, they really have a mission? Yeah, they do. Instagram's mission is this. As a company, they say they want to capture and share the world's moments. That's Instagram's mission. That's as a company what they want to do. Facebook has a mission. They say to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. You're like, man, I just thought I was sharing pictures of my cat, right? That's, that's what Facebook's got a bigger mission, right? That they want to bring the world together, build community. You know, Jesus had a mission. Jesus in Luke 19.10 said this, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. That was his mission. These guys are on a mission. I've got to get my friend to Jesus. I, I, I've got to bring him to Christ. Why are they bringing him to Christ? Did you notice what verse 18 said about his condition? That he's on a bed. He's been paralyzed. This is a man that was paralyzed. Now understand, in this culture, to have a physical disability, to have a, a mental disability in this day and time was almost a death sentence. This culture did not look favorably on people with disabilities, whether they were mental disabilities or physical disabilities. This is a culture that would take people with special needs and they would run them out of town. They would lock them away. They'd hide them away. There's no government programs. There's no Medicare. Right? There's no therapy groups for these guys in this day and time. These are people... That would look at other people who had physical disabilities and mental disabilities and say, you're not of value anymore. You're not loved because you're different. And so this is who they're bringing to Jesus. This guy is an outcast in the eyes of everyone else standing there in the room. He didn't belong. They belong. They're, They're okay. But he didn't because he's paralyzed. He's not worthy of love. He's not worthy of attention. And so this is why I think as a church, and church is, you and I ought to reach out more and more and more to people with disabilities. Because we still live in a culture that looks down on people that are different. We still live in a culture that still wants to push people aside that have mental disabilities and physical disabilities. Maybe not to the extreme as this, but it's still prevalent. And so you and I ought to say, wait a minute. If we are people of God and every person's made in God's image and God loves all the people that he has made, you and I ought to intentionally reach out to those that are affected this way. I mean, do you realize one in five, one in five families in the United States are affected by a special need? You stop and think of that. According to the last census, one in five families have a special need. So that means Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's all the way to autism. One in five in America have a special need. So why would we not want to come to 25% of our population And say, you're loved by Jesus Christ. And you have a place here in this church where you can have community and you can feel loved. 
And so what we see here is this guys are bringing this man to Jesus on this mission because no one else was going to bring him. He was paralyzed. Well, they have a problem, don't they? What's the problem? Well, verse 19 says there's a big crowd. Can't get in the house. Jesus, you know, tends to draw a crowd often where he goes when word gets around on on Twitter and, and through the text rolls. Jesus is here. The crowd shows up. They can't get into the house. Mark's gospel says, and Matthew says, the doorway's blocked. There's so many people there, they can't get this guy laying in on his bed in then. So what do they do? They go to the roof naturally, right? What all of us would do. Oh, man, it's packed today. I got a plan, right? Let's go to the roof. I mean, understand in this day and time that it's a, it's a flat roof. It's a mud-thatched roof. Uh, Luke's gospel says it's a tiled roof. If you read Mark and Matthew, it says it's a mud roof. And the reason Luke is including the word tile there instead of mud is because Luke is writing to a guy by the name of Theopolis. Theopolis, we believe, is some Roman official that was very important. Theopolis is going to understand from a construction standpoint more tile roofs than mud roofs. So Luke, I think, is just mentioning, hey, it's a tile roof because, hey, Theopolis, I'm putting this in terms that you would understand. Have you ever been there? Right? Go to the doctor. The doctor says you have this and uses a lot of terms. Am I the only one that looks at him and goes, okay, now explain that again to where I can understand it. Anybody? Am I the only one on that one? Right? Like, you just explained it here. Now bring it down here, and I can follow you. All right? That's what Luke's doing. Hey, it's a mud roof. Theophilus, you don't really get that visually, so it's a tile roof. I'm going to bring it down for you. So what does it say in the text? What do these guys do? They dig through the roof, and they open up a hole. And they lower this guy down to Jesus. And what happens? Verse 20. And Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith as they're lowering this guy down. Because it was their mission to bring him to Christ. Man, don't you want friends like this? Well, I would love these friends, right? We're going to do whatever we got to do to get you to Jesus today so Jesus can heal you. I'll dig a, a hole in this guy's roof. Jesus sees their faith. You know, faith is not passive. Faith is active. Faith is not just what you have. Faith is what you live out. See, we we often think about faith as just something we've done. We've placed our faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of our lives. Well, okay, if you've done that this morning, that's great. Yeah, that was a time, a moment where you decided, I'm going to follow Jesus. I've placed my faith in Christ. But now that's actively lived out as a believer in Christ. I have to live out my faith in Christ. I've said that's where my faith is, so I'm going to show where my faith is. Right? Faith is manifested by what we do. You realize when we sang this morning, you sang by faith. Right? When you sang those songs, you sang by faith. Hang on, I just was singing those songs. What do you mean I sang by faith? You're singing by faith that the one God we worship is the true God, and there's no other gods out there. So when you sing and you profess, yeah, I believe in Jesus. When you sing and you profess those songs we just sang, you're doing it by faith. You're saying, yeah, that's the God I believe in by faith. Later in our service, there's going to be another time of worship where you give. When you tithe, you tithe by faith. See, the tithe is 10%. 
And so when you come to give, you're saying, all right, God, you've given me everything I have. It all belongs to you. And so now I'm going to give back 10%. And now by faith, I'm going to trust in you to provide for me as I live on the 90% or however much you give. I love what one person told me one time. They said, if it all belongs to God and I give back 10%, It's not about so much I get to give, but man, he lets me keep 90, right? That's pretty cool. I still get to keep 90 out of the, you know, 10 I gave, right? So when you give, you give by faith. Lord, I'm going to give this to the work of the ministry, trusting you're going to continue to provide as I continue to give. Well, you know, when you have gospel conversations with people, and what we call, mean by a gospel conversation is just when you get a chance to talk to somebody about God. Maybe you get a chance to share the full gospel with them or just have a quick conversation. That's a gospel conversation. When you do that, you do that by faith, right? And so you can do that by faith that God's going to use you. The Holy Spirit's going to give you words. I'll give you an example of one of my gospel conversations this week. I wasn't expecting it, but God just dropped it right in my lap. I'm in the Alvin Post Office on, on Friday. And I'm in line, and I've conversed with the gentleman behind the counter a few times before. And so I walk up, and I'm mailing a couple of packages for Sandra. And I walk up, put my packages down, and he looks at me and goes, Hey, do you still pastor that church? Right? I love how that's always, you're part of that church? I mean, it was a good that, right? It wasn't like, do you pastor that church? Right? I was like, hey, do you still pastor that church, right? I mean, kind of a little inflection up in his voice. So it was a good that, right? Sometimes it's a bad that. But this was a good that. Do you still pastor that church? It's like, yeah, I still do, surprisingly. They keep showing up, and I keep preaching. They keep showing up. They hadn't ran me out, and you know, I hadn't ran them off. It's great. He said, well, how long have you been there? I was like, ah, you know, almost three years. And he's like, okay. And then we got into the, you know, transaction. Do you have anything liquid, perishable, going to blow up, you know, all that. I'm like, no, no, you know, there's t-shirts I'm mailing. And, and so we're, you know, going through all the options of how we can, you know, mail them. And, and so as I'm thinking, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I just had an opportunity, right? He asked me, am I still at that church? So as I'm kind of, you know, deciding how they're going to get mailed and all that, I'm praying. All right, Holy Spirit, how do I turn this conversation back around? Right, because I he he recognized me as a pastor, and now I kind of feel bad if I don't say anything else or invite him to church or something. I mean, like, how do I do this? How Holy Spirit, you know? So I'm at the counter, I'm kind of praying in my head, how do I do this, Holy Spirit? And so we get time to pay, and I have one of the you know blue invite cards that are back on the tables there, and I always kind of put it near one of my debit cards. So I oh, I got it, got it, got it. So I take out my debit card and I put it in the slot, and then I go, oh yeah, and by the way, if you ever want to come to that church. Like, here's, here's an invite card. I'd love to have you. love to see you on a Sunday morning. He's like, oh, okay, great. And he's looking at the card in a complete transaction. He hands me their seats. I pick up the packages, and I start walking out the door. Do you notice what I just said? <laughs> so I get outside, and I'm like, oh, man, I've got the packages in my hand that I just paid to get mailed. So I got to walk back in. <clears throat> I come back to the counter. He's not helping anybody else, and he's staring at the card. And I'm like, hey, super awkward. Um, I just paid for these to be mailed, so I'm going to leave these with you now. Hope to see you on a Sunday, right? <laughs> you know. There you go, gospel conversation, all by faith, right? <laughs> Didn't know how the Holy Spirit was going to pull that all together, but it, you know, it was a little awkward, a little clunky, one super smooth, and you know, hey, Holy Spirit used it, right? So, so we operate by faith, and Jesus saw their faith, 
And we read in the story that, that Jesus healed this man. And did you notice what happened when they lived by faith and when Jesus healed this man? The, verse 26, their reaction. Look at their reaction. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God. And they were filled with awe, saying, we've seen extraordinary things today. Jesus saw their faith. He heals the man. And they're astonished. Awe fills them. They're left speechless. Seeing awesome things today. I wonder how fast, though, many of them lost that awe. Or how many fast some of them lost that amazement. See, I've been around religious people long enough to know it probably didn't take long. I mean, they just saw a bona fide miracle right in front of them. This guy lowered in front of them through the roof, and these guys dug, is now healed. He's walking. They're amazed. But I guarantee you, there's a group in that crowd going, oh, great. Now we got a hole in the roof. Wonder how much that's going to cost to fix. You know, we've never had a hole before. Don't know why we need a hole now. Right? And while all this amazing work of Jesus is going on before them, some of them are staring at the hole and they miss it. And sometimes as churches, we can do that. Sometimes in our personal lives, we can do that. We can miss what God's doing because we're looking at a hole. What's your hole this morning? you need to stop looking at and you need to look at what christ is doing in your life you look at what christ is doing around you and be amazed at that you know last rodeo sunday we launched our our love and lead initiative here in our church we said you know as a as a church this is our mission we want to love and lead all people to a new life with christ this is kind of our heartbeat our dna what we want to do as believers in jesus and we said there's four ways we want to live that out we want to be a church that serves within our community We want to be a church that shares the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to be a church that connects with each other in relationships. And we want to be a church that engages in spiritual growth. We want to grow in our Bible reading, our prayer life, and and sharing our faith. That's what we want to do as a church, right? And, And so what we said last year is we said, here's kind of the path we want to go. Here's the DNA we want to get. So we're going to do some goals to just kind of track what we're doing to see how we're doing as a church. And so we said last Rodeo Sunday to this Rodeo Sunday, Sunday, we're going to ask you to kind of report back in some areas which you've been doing so we can celebrate and we put some goals down. Now, these numbers I'm going to give you are numbers you gave to us, right? We're done kind of tracking the numbers, but hear me really well. We're not done loving and leading all people to a new life with Christ, okay? All right, you got me? We're not done inviting people and serving and praising God and helping people come to know Jesus. We're just wrote numbers down for a year, but here are some goals that we have. We had a goal to invite 3,000 people to our worship services and events through the year. You guys last year invited 2,270 people throughout the year. We had a goal to have 500 gospel conversations. You guys had 669 gospel conversations. These are all numbers you guys gave us. Now, thankfully, three of you hit that a little higher because 666 would have been really weird. To have gospel conversations on. So thank you for the last three of you that got in on that and bumped it to 669. We really appreciate it. All right. In our, in our community, we had a goal of 5,000 hours to serve. 
4,259 hours served. Awesome, right? Those are numbers you gave us. Do I think those numbers are probably a little higher? Yes, I do. But these are what you reported and we wrote down. You know what that translated out to? 29 baptisms last year. It, it translated to higher worship attendance last year in 2018. More guests last year than the previous year. Life groups numbers. More of you in life groups last year than the year before. More new guests. More people join. Right? Because God's doing amazing things through you. God's working through you. Don't get caught just looking at the whole. Right? Look at what God's doing. Let's be in awe and amazed at what God is doing. Because who is this Jesus that we're trying to love people and lead them to Christ? Who is this one? Well, go back to the text with me. We see in verse 20, he's the Jesus who has authority to forgive us of our sins. When he saw their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees, they get upset at this, don't they? Who's this that speaks blasphemies? I mean, Jesus just essentially said he's God. Because he's forgiven this guy of his sins. Now, isn't that kind of interesting that they brought the man to Jesus for what? Healing. What does Jesus say? No, your sins are forgiven. Be reminded that God always meets your deepest need. What you think is a need this morning, God may say, no, 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 that's not a need. This is a need, and I'm going to meet your deepest need. He met this man's deepest need. He meets my deepest need, your deepest need. He gives us a way that our sins can be forgiven. Who's this man that speaks blasphemies, though? Puts himself equal with God, saying he can forgive sins. Well, verses 22 through 24, Jesus gives them a parable. He says, okay, well, guys, I'll ask you these couple of questions. What is easier, to tell this man your sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk? Well, what would be easier? It's easier to say your sins are forgiven. Why? Well, they can all tell if he says you rise up and walk whether or not that came true. They can't see what's happening in the guy's heart. But they can see what's happening with the guy's legs. So Jesus says, you know what? I'll just show you. I'll just show you my power. I'll just show you who I am. And so verse 24, he says, So that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise up, pick up your bed and go home. Why does Jesus do miracles in the Bible? He does miracles to show us his power. He does miracles to show us his authority. But notice also what we talked about a few minutes ago. He does miracles like this to people with special needs to bring them back into community. You know, in the Gospels, there's 34 miracles of Jesus Christ. 25 of the 34 miracles he does are to people with special needs. Because he's saying, come back into community. They've run you out as an outcast. I'm telling you, you've got a place in the family of God. And so Jesus is saying right here, I've got the authority on earth to forgive sins, to heal people, to do what God's called me to do because I'm God in the flesh. So rise up, pick up your bed, and go home. Verse 25, what does it say? Well, after a while, after a few therapy sessions, after a few weeks of being in a cast, he got up and walked, right? No. What does it say in verse 25? Immediately, he got up and he took his bed. And he went home. There are conversations in the Bible I wish I was a fly on the wall for. Have you ever thought about that? 
Man, knowing the whole ark thing, I would have loved to have been at that dinner that night. Hey, honey, was just out working in the desert today, and God told us to build a boat. It's going to rain for 40 days. Oh, yeah, I know rain's always come up from the ground, but don't worry. Rain's going to come down from the, you know, the sky today. Trust me. It's going to take 120 years to build the boat, but it's going to rain. Wouldn't you love to have been in that dinner party? How about Jericho? Battle of Jericho. You got Joshua and all his army leaders together. I mean, some of the best military minds of the generation. How are we going to take care of the battle of Jericho? How are we going to run over Jericho? How are we going to get through all these walls? Guys, I got a plan. God spoke to me and said, just walk around seven times. And then watch this. We're going to yell. And the praise team's going to play. And the walls are going to fall. Who's with me, right? I mean, and here's one of those conversations I wish I was in on. When this guy comes walking back home and he walks in the door and his wife turns around and goes, when your four friends picked you up today, you're lying on a bed. What happened? What in the world took place? Well, see, they took me to a man by the name of Jesus. And Jesus took care of, yes, my legs, but he took care of my soul. And, and, and dear, I, I want to tell you more about this man named Jesus. See, friends, we bring friends to Jesus because Jesus has the authority and the power to forgive us of our sins. And this morning, I don't want us to lose, as verse 26 says, the amazement of that. I want the amazement of what Jesus does to seize us. Because you and I need to be reminded over and over and over again that sin separates us from God. But that is God who loved us enough to send Jesus Christ into this world to die on the cross for our sins. Not only die for our sins, but to raise, to be raised to new life, to be able to provide us eternal life, to bring us into Him, to bring us into relationship with God now and for all of eternity. To say, I'm going to save you from hell for all of eternity, that when you die, I'm carrying you to heaven. You have a family now. You're brought into my family because of what I've done for you. So you and I need to constantly be reminded we were once spiritual outcasts until Jesus Christ stepped into our lives. And somebody pointed us to him and said, that's the one who has the authority to forgive you of your sins. I invite you right now in front of you or around you, there are some connection cards. And those cards look a lot like uh, this. You go on and grab them out. Uh, they're black and white. And, and I'm just going to invite all of you to take a card out. You may have to turn around if you're sitting on a front row or reach over somebody. And, and every one of you grab a card. Grab a pen there if you'd like. You can take that pen home. If you have a pen, pull it out. Because I want you to do something with this card. On the back, there's a square for prayer. Here's what I'd like you to do. Number one, I'd like you to write a name of someone you know who needs physical healing. You don't have to say what kind of healing it is. What I want you to do is just put a name down. You put a first name. You don't have to put a last name. Put a first name down. This is a person you need, that they need some type of physical healing. And on that card, just write a name. All right, Jimmy, and right beside his name, healing. And that's what I want you to write. Just write a name 
and to put the word healing right beside that. I think all of us probably know there's somebody in our lives that we know who needs some type of physical healing. Right? Well, we worship a God who heals. And so write their name and healing right beside that. Second name I want you to write is somebody you know who needs Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. That they're not a believer in Jesus yet. Again, you don't have to put a last name, just write a first name, write their name, and right beside it, just write salvation. Right? So you're writing a second name. That, that name is, is for somebody to come to know Christ as their Savior. And just write salvation. The third name I want you to write is write down a name and right beside it, write invite. This is a person that you're going to pray over the next several weeks as we lead up to Easter or you come right into Easter Sunday that you say, all right, I'm going to invite this person. I'm going to invite this person to hear the word of God, to worship with us. So just write their name in and write invite. All right, so you, you've got a name for healing and a name for salvation. You've got a name of somebody you're praying that you're going to invite to one of our services coming up. Here's what we're going to do with these. In a moment, I'm going to start a prayer. The praise team and Pastor Matt's going to come back up, and they're going to start singing our next song. And while they're singing, I want you just to stay right where you are and just pray. All right, you got three names right now in front of you to pray for. Somebody for healing, somebody for salvation, all right, and somebody to invite. And so as, as they're singing that next song, you be praying just right there at your seat. Then Pastor Matt's going to tell you in a moment, in the middle of that song, to stand up and start singing. Right? And then you can sing. All right, and then as we're singing, if you want to keep praying or you have other things to pray about, you can come forward during that time. Then at the end of our service, you just take that card and we paste the offering baskets. You place that right there in the offering basket. Tomorrow night, our deacons are going to meet. We have our deacons meeting Tuesday mornings, our staff meets. We're going to take those cards and we're going to pray over them. We're going to pray for every name of people you wrote down for healing and for salvation and that you plan on inviting. All right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I'm going to start praying. They're going to play. Pastor Matt's going to start singing. He'll tell you when to sing. But let's go to the Lord. Father God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, there are names written down on these cards. And there are going to be voices that are going to voice out a prayer to you on these names. And Lord, I, I pray for the healing that we know in people uh, that need healing, Father. I pray for salvation this morning of every man, woman, child, teenager, that their names are written on these cards. And Father, I pray for all the invitations that are going to go out through our, to our services coming up, and not only leading up to Easter, but on Easter Sunday morning. And so, Father, I pray this morning, as Psalm 18, verse 6 says, that these words, our prayers, are coming to your ears. That, Lord, you will hear these prayers. You will answer them. We will see people healed. We will see people saved. Father, we will see people come that we invite. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. On Sunday mornings, we have life groups for all ages at 9 a.m., followed by worship service at 10.30 a.m. For more information about how to support the ministry of Heights Baptist Church, go to heightschurch.org. give.